It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's time for the AFC Championship game. Another Patrick Mahomes-Joe Burrow rematch. We get into some initial thoughts and talk with Sam Monson from PFF to get his input. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. I'm on vacation, but I'm not taking a vacation from Lockdown Bengals as we have you covered free and available everywhere you get your podcasts every day and on YouTube. So if you're new to the show, we had a lot of new people checking us out after the, after the Bills went down in Orchard Park to the Bengals. Well, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcast, and we'll be delivered to your devices when we upload our content every day and you can join the first listen club we appreciate all of you out there who make us your first listen today's episode is brought to you by ultimate football gm ever dreamed of becoming an nfl gm and managing your football franchise then this game is definitely for you to download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store our listeners get a 100 free boost to their franchise when losing using the promo code locked on in all capitals and Jake, a lot of NFL GMs would love to be in the position that the Bengals and Chiefs are in. One went away from a Super Bowl. The Bengals, familiar with this position, uh, I, I think it's some of the clips that have come out post-Bills game are hilarious. The Burrowhead comment from Mike Hilton stands out a, as one. And I'm not trying to be a wet blanket here, and I get <laughs> there's so much confidence going into this game. I just want to remind everyone as we look at this Chiefs-Bengals matchup, it's still the Chiefs. It's still Patrick Mahomes, and he still has two ankles. One might be injured, but it's still two, and he's going to play. But it's still Andy Reid, it's still Travis Kelsey, and it's still Arrowhead. It, this is going to be a tough game, and I just I want to start by saying that as we look ahead because I know Bengals fans and even the betting line on FanDuel changing towards the Bengals – it's a weird place to be, especially when you have to go on the road to Arrowhead in a tough environment. 
Yeah, if you would told if you would have told me, I think the Chiefs opened as three point favorites, like very very early, and it mm-hmm. immediately went in in a lot of places to pick him, or you know, one point for the Chiefs, and and now everywhere I'm pretty sure has the Bengals as favorites in this game for for a variety of spreads and and a lot of that has to do with Patrick Mahomes ankle I think some of that has to do with the way the Bengals handled the bills and people thinking the bills were Super Bowl I mean the the Bengals are six point dogs yeah right roughly give or take I don't know. They, I'm pretty they were bad six. at getting odds exactly right. No, by but, the end on FanDuel, it was, yeah, six points. And um, I, I think that's a good point because I think Vegas, has the odds makers have gotten it wrong every time with the Bengals. I thought they were favored by too much in the wild card round. I thought they were – last week the Bills were favored by too much. And now I think it's weird. I'll be honest that the Bengals are favored. I think that's weird. And maybe they know more about Mahomes than I do, but I think that's – kind of odd on the road a pick them by the way essentially means the Bengals are favored because it's in Kansas City right so the fact that they're actually getting uh you know the Chiefs are actually getting points is is odd it's and it's dependent entirely I think on how healthy Patrick Mahomes is how much his play is affected if he can't move as well how does that affect your game plan that's something that we're going to talk to Sam Munson about because it does make things a little bit more challenging for Lou Anarumo and you know the, the way that you scheme up the pass rush, because again, something that I've talked about a lot and was incredibly impressed with in their regular season matchup this year was the Bengals' ability to contain Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. It's mm-hmm. something that they've done, I think, better than any other team in football, and I could be wrong about that. Obviously, I haven't watched every Patrick Mahomes game, but their ability to mush rush or compress the pocket and, and be able to find Mahomes, not let him get entirely on the perimeter. I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. is really impressive, but I, I do think that the Bills at home, six-point favorites, right? I think the Chiefs are better than the Bills, and, and that's not being reflected here, which is odd to me. Like, even if Mahomes is is injured, I think the Chiefs are better than the Bills. I think that with with the the injuries for the Bills that have piled up and the Bills' offensive line, two major differences in this game are the Chiefs' defense is, is trending positively the bills defense was trending negatively right and the chiefs offensive line joe tooney didn't play the last time these guys played the chiefs offensive line miles better than what the bills rolled out and and that i'm not saying i think that the chiefs are better than the bengals or whatever that i think it's wrong that the bengals are favored because the bengals have covered all year they're the best against the spread bet in football in 2022 the chiefs have covered two out of their last nine games so there's a consistent trend where, yes, you're right, James, Vegas hasn't necessarily – Vegas hasn't necessarily been on the, the spreads for the Bengals, but generally they've been underestimating them this year. Mm-hmm. And and they, they got it wrong a couple times against the Ravens with a really late line change on that Week 18 game uh, that, that led to the Bengals not covering. But they covered the spread for most of that week anyway. So uh, it, it's really interesting stuff, and and – I do, I do wonder about it. It means that a lot of people are pretty confident in the Bengals this week, right? For sure. And and that's why I had that PSA at the start, because I don't want to be negative or a wet blanket, and the Bengals are flying high and rightfully so, and they have a, a heck of a shot on Sunday. I'm not saying that. These are still the Chiefs, though. This is not going to be an easy game. And the Bengals know that, by the way. I'm not saying the Bengals oh, yeah. don't. By the way, Alex Kappa, not ruled out. Zach Taylor at least leaving the door open 
for, for Kappa and Williams as of Monday said, uh, we'll see how they are on Wednesday. So we'll get an update um, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, potentially later in the day and on our, in our next show, we'll have an update. But yeah, I think that uh, regardless, I feel pretty good about where this offensive line is. Not that they're going to go in there and just punk the Chiefs the way they did the Bills defensive front, but clearly they can function. And functional, you, you would have taken all day long uh, going into last week's game, and they did more than that, and so hopefully they could do it again. How about we uh, we dive into this matchup a bit more in, in a, a lot of detail with Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus? We'll do that. Plenty of talk about Patrick Mahomes, how Lou Anarumo could potentially uh, slow him down, and, of course, Joe Burrow, which we haven't talked much about today so far, but we will with Sam Munson coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Look, I've always dreamed of being an NFL general manager. I'm sure you have too if you're listening to the podcast. Well, now Locked On Bengals listeners get to reach their dream and compete as an NFL GM. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise, whether it's hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, all of the ups and downs of a season i've played this game i love it and you can play it offline so if you're flying to kansas city if you're flying to phoenix maybe if the bengals advance well guess what you can play it on the plane in airplane mode so locked on bengals listeners get to ultimate-gm.com right now and you can get a 100 free boost to your franchise when using the promo code locked on in all capitals promo code locked on will get you a 100 free boost again promo code locked on and again, to download the game, ultimate-gm.com, ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM, start your dynasty today. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Let's keep things rolling today on Locked on Bengals with a special guest. He joined us last year at the Super Bowl and has been on this podcast uh, plenty of times now. He is Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Sam, these, uh, these two teams have met three times in the past year and a half. It almost feels like a... A divisional matchup again, or a division. They're in the same division with the way they they face each other. They're going to play each other again next season. What was your initial thoughts that came to mind when you saw that Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes were going to face each other again in the AFC Championship game? Yeah, I mean, I think whatever AFC Championship game we were going to end up with once Kansas City beat Jacksonville was going to be fantastic. Like all the way along for the last few weeks of the season. 
any two from Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City meeting in, in the playoffs, I think, was always going to end up being an exciting game and something to look forward to. Obviously, Cincinnati ended up making that Buffalo game a lot more comfortable than I think people expected it to be. Yeah. But, yeah, the Bengals uh, facing the Chiefs again in the championship game, I think, is uh, is a great game for us. You have, I think, picked the Bengals in both of their playoff games so far. I've been listening to your show with Steve, of course, uh, my former bosses way back in the day. You probably uh, I was just doing player charting. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You guys have been on the Bengals a little bit. What was the most surprising thing to you about the way that that Bills Bengals game went from the running game or their ability to slow down the Bills offense or something else? I think it was really that Buffalo sort of went down without really firing a shot, without throwing a punch. You know, they, they've they been playing this kind of offense for a while where they've just been relying on Josh Allen to make big plays and big moments and, and get it done and, and carry the team when he needs to. And by and large, it's worked. Um, and even when it hasn't worked as well as maybe it could have or it should have, they've at least they've at least made some sort of big hammer blows along the way, you know, and maybe they've just come up short here or there. But against the Bengals, there really wasn't anything there. They, they didn't find the big plays. Um, you know, they right, I think the first third down, maybe they took a shot to Stephon Diggs and they were inches away from connecting on a play that maybe lets them answer Cincinnati's first touchdown, maybe changes the entire course of the game. But but after they missed on that, like they weren't able to find those big explosive plays that have been in that offense all the way through the season. And if you take those out, it's just not the same. Like they were, they just weren't able to hang with the kind of efficiency that the Bengals had. Sam, I want to talk a little bit about this Bengals offensive line on Sunday. I think that was a huge reason why it got out of hand and wasn't as competitive as we expected. Is that the best you've seen them at, at during the playoffs during this two year run? Because it, it certainly feels like it, at least for our purposes. And the reason I ask is how sustainable is their play? You think against a guy like Chris Jones in that Kansas City defensive front. Yeah, I think it's definitely a different prospect this week when you have a guy like Chris Jones who is almost certainly going to be a major problem. And like the Bills don't have anybody like that and haven't since Von Miller went down, you know. So I think a lot of the focus going into this game was uh, obviously the Bengals have been down three starters in the last three weeks. Does Buffalo have the kind of pass rush anymore that could uh, could attack that and could expose it as a weakness? And sort of the the loss or the the other side of that or the other element there was Buffalo's pass rush down the stretch had been bad. Like it wasn't just falling off with no Von Miller. It was it was becoming a problem. Like they weren't able to get pressure against pretty much anybody. And the funny thing about that is I think the flip side of the equation was really under talked about going into the week, which is have we all noticed that the Bills have a bad offensive line and the Bengals have a really good defensive front? Like this is actually a pretty important part of this game as well, not just whether the Bengals backups on the offensive line can hold up. Um, I think, yeah, it's probably about as good as those guys have done. I, I think it was definitely a surprise that they were that comfortable. I think there's also an element that the the weather helped them. You know, the the lack of footing, the fact that it was snowy, slippery. Obviously, it didn't slow down Trey Hendrickson, um, you know, DJ Reader, the guys that the Bengals had. They were able to win anyway. But I think it probably overall in that game blunted pass rushes on both sides a little bit. Uh, and again, like that's probably not going to be the case this week. So 
I think they've shown that they can at least be viable, right? And and that was that's all they need. Like we've we've now got enough of a sample size of Joe Burrow across the last couple of years playing incredibly well behind an offensive line that isn't particularly good. And we know that if you give him a chance, he can make plays. And if you just cross that line into, you know, complete disaster territory, that's when I think the problems occur. But if this line is able to just hold its head above water against Kansas City, and Chris Jones is really their only significant threat. I know they've invested first round players and, you know, first round uh, picks in George Karloftis, they've Frank Clark. Uh, they've got guys that they've kind of invested in, but none of them have really been impact playmakers. So if they can just keep Chris Jones just a little bit quiet, it's about all they need. And I think we're going to get to Joe Burrow. He's playing better this postseason than he was last postseason. He's playing better this year. You throw out the first week of the season especially than he was all of last year. But to me, the biggest difference between the Bills-Bengals matchup and the Chiefs-Bengals matchup is, uh, you know, there there are a few things you could point to. But to me, the Chiefs have Chris Jones, right? We we just talked about the threat that he poses. They also have a much better offensive line than the Bills have. Mm -hmm like much better the interior especially joe tooney didn't even play the first time these teams played but all that said still a bengals show right so we're going to talk about how chris jones was effectively shut out the first time these teams played what was it that went right for the bengals in that game are there translatable things that they can take from tape in that game or was that just you know a bad game and off game for for chris jones because he certainly bounced back after that Right. And I think a big part of it is when you do only have that one threat. I mean, this is the Aaron Donald story. This is the J.J. Watt story that if you've only got one guy on the defensive front that you have to worry about, you can take those guys out of the game. It's possible. Like every now and again in J.J. Watt's heyday, you would get a game that was a random, you know, 60 overall grade. And you're like, well, what what happened to J.J. Watt in this game? And you, you go look at the tape and figure out how this team took him out of the game. And it's, you know, it's they either run away from him, they get the ball out of the hands quickly, they double team him. Like there's this sort of sequence of things you can do. And if you do a little bit of all of them, that that gets you to 40 plays and you basically taking JJ Watt out of the game. Same thing with Aaron Donald. You go back and watch his tape against the 49ers earlier this season. They were hell bent on not letting Aaron Donald make a play. And if that meant there was three guys dedicated to Aaron Donald on a play, that's what they were going to do. Um, and if they were going to leave him one-on-one, it meant the ball was coming out in under a second. Like they, they just decided Donald is not going to make plays and we will do whatever it takes. So because the chiefs have Chris Jones and then a bunch of other guys that haven't been spectacular, you can go in there with the intent of double teaming and, and scheming Chris Jones out of the game and saying, all right, if Frank Clark wants to have the game of his life or turn back the <laughs> clock to Seattle, Frank Clark, fine. That, the opportunity is going to be there, but we don't think he's going to be able to do it. We'll get back to our interview with Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus, but today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, well, we're ecstatic to have partnered with FanDuel, the number one sports book in America, and I'm sure you've heard of FanDuel. Well, now the number one Bengals podcast and the number one sports book, they've linked up and we've linked up and ecstatic to have it because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun easy yes it's legal in ohio now so well join today and get started with a 150 dollars free bet guarantee all you have to do is place a five dollar bet with fanduel all you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on 
FanDuel.com slash locked on. They have all your favorite bets from money line, point spreads, player props. Yes, the Bengals, as of now, favored in Sunday's AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, they also have an app, and you can get all of the information right there in the app. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move, or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's talk about Joe Burrow a bit, which maybe we should have started off with, but the, the Bengals certainly, uh, there's plenty of topics going into this game, but the, the way Joe Burrow has played in the past month or so, and really all season, but the past month or so, what stood out the most and why do you think that this team has been able to throw, I mean, they threw it in, in Foxborough 52 times and, and threw it last week in the snow and, and were able to, to find success. He started nine for nine. How has he had so much success despite on the road, despite dealing with the elements, all of those things, this pass first offense has been able to work. What have you seen from Burrow? I think that the offense got a lot more comfortable within its own sort of shell when they lost Jamar Chase for a couple of games and they were forced to go and win games in a couple of different ways. And there was a big Joe Mixon game in there. Then there was a couple of games where T Higgins became a true number one without the, the sort of caveat that, Hey, Jamar Chase is on the other side. That probably affects whether or not he can be a number one receiver in his own right. And I think they kind of discovered that they can win. They can be a lot more diverse than they were a year ago when the entire offense was kind of built on these explosive plays from Burrow to Jamar Chase. All of a sudden, they're going into these games knowing that, all right, if you figured out a way to stop Jamar Chase or if you want to double-team bracket hit, cover him every single snap, fine, we'll go somewhere else. Or if you want to stack the box and stop the run, that's cool with us too. Or if you want to open that up, we'll we'll run the ball. So I think they just kind of got very comfortable with the sheer number of ways they had to have success in this offense. And then when you let Joe Burrow operate under that sort of starting point. He's just, he's got the kind of poise to put the ball where it needs to go. I think another big factor that we've seen, especially against the Bills, they're moving Jamar Chase more this season. He's more comfortable in the offense. He's more able to line up in different spots. And we've heard the coaching staff talk about this. He's lining up at X, Y, and Z. And now more against the Bills than I think we've seen for most of this year in the backfield, doing split back stuff, doing more orbit motion. And that seems to be buying the Bengals uh, a little bit on offense as well, both in the running game, which I want to talk about, because I think the, the run offense for both of these teams in this AFC championship game is, is a sneaky big 
factor that that could be a, a bit of a tilting point, a big a bit of a wild card in the game. But is, is there something there? Because Chase has been for the last five weeks or so by far the biggest contributor for the skill players for this team. And and so is it just that they're moving him around more and they're making it harder for defenses to deal with him? Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Like moving a wide receiver around is is essentially pressing the easy button for him. You know, it's giving him more favorable looks. It's getting him away from the sort of one player on an opposing defense. If that, that actually has a shot at taking guys like that away, it makes it more difficult to specifically dedicate coverages that bracket him, that double team him, that take him out of the game. It does all those things. And it's why when Cliff Kingsbury's offense in Arizona, when they just said, no, we line our wide receivers up on the left and the right, and we'd never move them. It's like, well, all you're doing is making it easier for defenses to take away your best player. And obviously the theory with the air raid offense is you operate at that kind of tempo and execution that it doesn't matter. But in the NFL, I think it does. And that's part of why I think that offense kind of hit a wall and never developed any further because they didn't take advantage of these sort of easy um, cheat codes, these low-hanging fruit schematic uh, wrinkles that NFL teams are able to do to get their best players in more favorable situations, whether it's moving them around, whether it's doing things like motion, whether it's um, play action, like all these little extra scheme tidbits that offenses have throughout the NFL, they just make life easier against defenses that are really, really good. Like to me, the biggest difference between college, college football and the NFL is just the sheer quality of defense. Like you go back and you watch, like the, you turn on the the college, uh, the national title game, right? The uh, obviously Georgia TCU it was a blowout, but like just the first five minutes of that game, it's like this is just coverage bust, and then the next coverage bust, and then the next. Like that's how people are scoring. It's not incredible execution or this amazing offense. It's like they're physically incapable of lining up and playing defense. Like the NFL isn't like that. You have to earn every yard you get at this level by and large. And so being able to kind of increase the easier plays by exploiting some weaknesses and moving guys around, I think is huge. Just going back to, to Louie Rumo and this Bengals defense for a second, what stands out about them the most when you watch them? Because obviously they've had a lot of success, like Jake mentioned against Patrick Mahomes had success last week against Josh Allen, but really during this two year run, Joe Burrow gets a lot of love and rightfully so Jamar chase, et cetera. But they've come up big in big moments, whether it was the the Hubbard play a few weeks ago, last year in the playoffs, they had they forced a bunch of turnovers. How would you describe this Bengals defense and, and, and what stands out to you when you watch them? I think they're very good at game planning. Um, you know, one of the thing that was the things that I think is most impressive about Bill Belichick throughout his tenure is that he will change up the defense week to week and he'll go to something completely different if he thinks that's the best way of beating you right down to switching out personnel like corner a starting corner for Belichick isn't necessarily a starting corner every week because next week you might need to pivot your defense and go to a much more zone heavy scheme and that means this guy can't play this week right he's got to go and sit on the bench while somebody else who's better suited to that particular game plan comes in and plays the majority of the snaps I think the Bengals defense has been really good at coming up with specific game plans to target an attack various different offenses and they've found the right things and been able to go to those week to week. And 
the the success that they've had it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs I think three times now is is a really good example of how that's been uh beneficial for them do you think that it's like what are you doing Andy Reid why haven't you learned your lesson or has it been you know different enough each game because you've seen some of the drop eight stuff in each game you've seen a consistent trend I think you know we looked into this uh where Patrick Mahomes is throwing from the pocket more frequently against the Bengals and other teams. He's grading worse in your system, both inside the pocket and outside the pocket against the Bengals and other teams. Obviously against Allen last week was a lot of post-snap rotation, a lot of disguise, and they've gotten really good at running myriad coverages from different pre-snap looks and really dressing. What assistant over the last three games, because it has been really three games of Patrick Mahomes coming up a little bit short against this defense. Yeah, I mean, I think for the first few years of Patrick Mahomes' career, I think he was in this mode where nobody knew what the answer was, right? Like, he's so good at everything that teams didn't even know what the game plan is supposed to be to attack him, right? And and that's happened, I think, with the, with the really great players is you sort of reach a point where you're like, I don't even know what you're supposed to do against them. Like, at least with... Peyton Manning or with a couple of other quarterbacks, you understood what you're supposed to try and do to stop them. Whether or not you can get it done or not is a different matter, but you understand what the game plan is supposed to be going into that game. For a long time, nobody had any idea how you were even supposed to to, to attack Patrick Mahomes and stop him. And then the Bengals were one of those teams, I think, that sort of figured out what the answer actually is to that. And last year was big for that because everybody started doing it with these two high coverage shells with forcing him to be patient and play a different brand of game. Um, and they definitely struggled with that last year. Not, you know, hugely like they still had a, a very good offense and put up crazy points and yards and all those kinds of things, but you could see they made more mistakes and they weren't as productive when they were facing these two high shells. And the Bengals, I think were really good at taking that and building on it and saying, you know, let's drop eight into coverage and let's really sort of cause issues with where he's going to go with the football. And I think they did about as good a job as anybody against Mahomes doing that. Now, I think this year, the Chiefs, it's different. The Chiefs generally have been better against those coverage shells. I think the offense has changed without Tyreek Hill in there. They've also faced a lot less of them because I think what we're discovering is that Tyreek Hill was the driving force behind those coverages it just happened to that, that that kind of exposed like a problem within that offense that everybody wanted to run these two high shells because they were terrified of Tyreek Hill scoring a 60-yard touchdown on them in any given play. And then, oh, look, it turns out that these two high shells actually caused the offense some problems overall. Let's just run more of those. Um, but now I think it's a little bit different because the, the offense does have more answers to those and they're not seeing as many of them. Um, plus, you have this added wrinkle now of – now the guy's on a, a bad ankle, and we don't we don't know what kind of health he's going to be going into this game. Last thing for me, Sam, how how would you, if you were Lou, deal with this offense? I mean, everyone tries to wait, take away Travis Kelsey, and the Bengals have had some success with that. He had 14 catches last week, which is just kind of wild in a postseason game. Patrick Mahomes obviously feels like he's going to be MVP. So it is different this year, and the Bengals did face it, but it's it's playoffs, it's arrowhead. And I've been trying to already hammer it. It's still Mahomes and Reed and Kelsey. Yeah. Is it, is it going to be easy at all? How, how would you try to to slow down that well oil machine that they have on offense? 
I think they're in a tough spot because I, without knowing how healthy he's going to be, right? Obviously, it's a high ankle sprain. That's not going away in a week. But is he going to be 90% healthy? Is he going to be 50% healthy? Like, where on the spectrum is Mahomes going to be? And the reason I think that's difficult is because, to me, the game plan to stop him if he's 100% healthy is not just different, but it's diametrically opposed to the game plan to stop him if he's 50% healthy. Like the, the, the things that you want to do to Mahomes, which they've been doing to him, keep him inside the pocket, drop eight into coverage, try and force him to be patient, work through a progression and take the easy stuff is I think the exact opposite of if he's, if he can't move, I think you want to send more people at him. You want to run stunts. You want to try and get him moving off a spot and try and get him actually being mobile outside of the pocket and trying to make plays on the run because he might not be able to run. Um, so that's usually the exact opposite of what you want to do to Mahomes. It's the last place you want him is out on the move, you know, making ridiculous throws to wide open Travis Kelsey 50 yards downfield. Like that's the last thing you want to do. So I, I, I don't know what the solution to that is for the Bengals this week in game planning, whether they sort of go, let's build the game plan as if he's 100% healthy, but also like let's, let's sort of keep a couple of things on the back burner in case he's not. And then we can start dialing up additional stunts, additional blitzes, whatever. I think that's probably the way to go is assume you're going to get as healthy a version as Mahomes as you can imagine. And then also just be ready to pivot in case he is more of a, a statue back there and you can dial up some things that you wouldn't normally want to risk against Mahomes. I still personally would be weary about sending extra guys but this is not something that Lou Anarumo has been worried about with Mahomes he has picked his spots to send zero in crucial moments at times and it's it's an interesting conundrum you make some good points there they've been such a good contained team against Mahomes in terms of their rush playing with their defensive personnel in the fronts and that is one key area to me in this game the last thing for me is it's kind of opposite problems in the pass rush for these teams where Trey Hendrickson and lately Joseph Osai have been the guys that have been creating a lot of havoc for the Bengals, even though Osai is doing it from three tech a lot, Sam Hubbard, the consistent energizer bunny on the other side. And that's a weakness of the Kansas city offensive line. If you had to pick when their middle three guys are really good. Meanwhile, there's Chris Jones on the other side and Ted Harris, the only current starter that we know is we think is going to play. He had an injury last week too, but um, I, I guess how does that matchup play out in terms of the Bengals pass rush in this game last week, they were winning everywhere. Roger Saffold was a huge problem at, at left guard. Is, is there an edge for the Bengals? Is it just Trey Hendrickson out there that you see as an edge or is there something else? Yeah, I think Trey Hendrickson's probably the only guy across that front that you would say is definitely a mismatch for that Kansas city offense, but you're right. They've done a great job in the past of containing Mahomes. Um, the, the game earlier this season, they were doing a really good job of sort of getting him on the move, but staying um, in control and, and sort of pivoting and adjusting from their rush and tracking Mahomes down and not letting him get outside and, and outrunning those guys like sort of uh, adjusting or, or transferring from pass rush to let's just trail Mahomes and not let him go anywhere crazy. But again, that might all change this week. Like if he can't even do those kinds of things, all of a sudden those plays are turning into like impact sacks rather than just hurrying him and causing uh, an errant throw or whatever. So I think that's a really sort of fascinating part of this is 
does it adjust the way the Bengals are going to rush the passer at all? And, and does it just have more impact once they get pressure? Yeah, certainly. He's saying, sorry, James. Uh, yeah, I think that's certainly a fascinating aspect of this. And we're, we're going to see how it plays out. We're going to get more information about Mahomes' health as the week goes. And Sam, go find him, PFF Sam on Twitter. You can go find his podcast with Steve Palazzolo there on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. And we always appreciate the insight. No problem, guys. Anytime. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.